What a good God we serve. Amen. I said, what a good God we serve. Hallelujah. We are going to go to 1 John chapter 5 once again. Are you learning anything about faith? We've been working through a series on faith uh, for quite some time now. And um, we've uh, shifted it a little bit several weeks back and started talking about roadblocks to our faith, things that get in the way and mess up uh, our faith. I mean, oh, faith's important. Amen. Jesus said, according to your faith, so be it. Praise God. Amen. Many times in the miracles and breakthroughs that we've seen in the, in the uh, Gospels, Jesus acknowledges their faith. Amen. And it was their faith that got it done. Now, we'd all look at that. We'd say, well, you know, according you know, to Jesus' faith. No, he said it's according to your faith. Amen. If you can hook up, praise God. The Word says that nothing's impossible to those who believe. So do I have any believers in the house today? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. So let's look at our key verse, our verses, I should say. I'm going to do a, just a brief review again and then move into what we have for you today. Uh, verse uh, 4 and 5 here, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, what? Our faith. Now, this word faith, the Greek word pistis, okay, which means reliance or dependence upon. It means trust in, confidence, conviction. Okay, these are all to believe in. Amen. These are all, in a sense, synonyms to this word faith, all right? So let's read verse 5 now. Let's look at that. For who is he who overcomes the world now, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Anybody in here believe that? Okay, so that sets you up. It's actually a repeat of verse 1 here, okay? And actually, First John's dealing with some things in four and five, chapters 4 and 5 here. Anyway, the bottom line is this. He says this, that if, you've, if you believe in Jesus, that means you've been born of God, which now puts you in a category different than what you used to be. Right. Yeah. Amen. Now, that could be really good news for some folks. Amen. But you're no longer now just some, you know, person out there who don't know God. You now are connected to a family Amen. You're connected to a different kingdom. You're connected now to uh, the kingdom of light, praise God. And now you become what he calls a whatever. Amen. So whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now all of a sudden you, you fit into that category, which means now that you have the DNA to overcome. Yes. You have what it takes to overcome. Yes. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of whatevers in the scripture. We can uh, look at things like the Word of God. We can look at things like the Spirit of God, the things like uh, the armor of God. These are all things that have been born out of God that become a part of this whatever is born of God or comes out or beget out of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so actually a word that beget or born there means to, uh, we get our word to uh, uh, regenerate, okay? So what comes out or is generated out of God, amen, now becomes, uh, you know, what it has everything it needs in, that it becomes now a, a whatever, amen, that's born of God, now overcomes the world. Everybody say the world. I mean, the world's got a lot of stuff it throws at you. Let's try that again. I mean, the world has a lot of stuff it throws at you. Amen. It does. Amen. And none of it, most, most of it's none of it's good, really. And so it just says that you're, you have what it takes now to overcome. Now, this word overcome is a word that uh, nikeo is the Greek word here. It means to subdue or conquer, to prevail. But get this, it means to gain or get the decisive victory. Everybody say decisive victory. 
been focusing quite a bit on the decisive victory. Amen. Sometimes we read through all this, we generalize everything, and then we don't get none of it. So let's, let's understand there's a decisive victory, that whatever it is you're going to have to believe God for, you can do what it takes, amen, to overcome whatever it is you're under or dealing with, all right? So uh, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is, here we go, the victory, amen, that has overcome the world. This is the victory. This word, Nikkei, or we look at it and say Nike, okay? <clears throat> it just means victory, but it means a conquest, triumph, or the means of success, the means of the breakthrough or progress. So what it's talking about, and this is what we've been focusing on, is that your faith, now your confidence, your reliance, your dependence on God, your trust in God, your conviction about the things of God, amen, is your means of success to gain your decisive victory. In other words, it's your faith, amen, that you use, amen, in a sense like a vehicle that you're doing down the road in, your means of success, your means of your breakthrough or your progress to gain that decisive victory. That whatever it is you're believing for or in need of, you want something to be dealt with at home, something in your finance, your health, uh, something about your marriage, or maybe you're just believing God concerning something about your walk in God, whatever it may be. Maybe you're believing God concerning the salvation of a loved one. I mean, no, it's better to stay in faith than not to. Amen, all right? Because there's a lot of times things look a certain way, and if you're going to be moved by how things look, we're probably not going to, you know, get as far down the road as we need to. Now, we're called to get a decisive victory, and that's what we've been focusing on. We've been talking about uh, at least this part of the series about things that become roadblocks to our faith. All right, what gets in the way of our faith? Amen. We, um, I don't know if I gave him this reference, but in uh, Luke uh, 17, uh, we, we see uh, Jesus talking about, uh, you know, if you would just have a mustard seed of faith, amen, you could say to that mulberry tree to be plucked up by the roots and be cast into the sea, amen. And uh, what that just means is uh, that it doesn't take much faith to get the job done. Now, a mulberry tree in this text here, uh, in that part of the world, it's, it's more of a nuisance tree. It's one of those that kind of comes up and pretty soon it takes over everything. Uh, so there's multiple different uh, um, types of mulberry tree, but this particular one that he's talking about is sometimes a nuisance. Everybody say a nuisance because it's, it's worthy of looking at that because sometimes you're dealing with this nuisance thing that's trying to dictate or control your life, trying to somehow, you know, you ever notice that thing that tries to wake you up every morning and put you to bed at night? And I'm not talking about your spouse or your kids. But you know what I'm talking about? That thing that always tries to wake you up in the, you know, in the night or in, you know, and puts you to bed at night. You worry, you stress. What's that? That's a nuisance. Amen. You've got to use your faith and deal with that. In uh, Matthew's account, I think it's in is it Matthew 17 also, I believe. I don't know if I wrote it down or not, but uh, I believe it is. But Jesus uses the, or probably uses the mustard seed uh, analogy again. He said, if you have Faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Well, a mountain is that which towers over you and somehow overlooks and towers over, makes you feel small or whatever it is. So there's a lot of things out there that try to mountain or somehow overcome you. Come on. And he says this, if you just have a mustard seed of faith, you could get the job done. Everybody say mustard seed of faith. That's not very big. Not very big. 
But the thing that uh, I think it was several weeks back, Trudy administered, and she brought the, uh, uh, the understanding of, of the mustard plant and that the cool thing about the mustard plant is it can't be cross-pollinated. It can't be mixed or um, um, tainted in any way, all right, which is, you got to understand, because that's why he uses that then as an illustration for your faith. Something I also found out is that it, it deals with... Um, if you ever look up the word simplicity, I just want you to just, I'm just going to throw this out here, okay? The word simplicity also defines out as unmixed, untainted, something that's just simple. So another thing to think about when he's talking about a mustard seed of faith, he's talking about don't let nothing come along and kill the simplicity that's in faith. Are you with me? So don't cross-pollinate or mix tainted, or something comes along and takes away the simplicity of it. Because faith is really simple. Let's try this side. Amen. That side fell asleep already. Faith is simple. It's not complicated. All right? But there are things that get in the way. There are things that create roadblocks. We talked about unbelief and what that means and how Jesus made that clear, that unbelief becomes a roadblock to your faith. Now, if your faith is being roadblocked, that means your means of success now has been cut off to gain a decisive victory. Now, you can get mad at God all you want to, and that ain't going to do you any good. You can get mad at the preacher man, and that ain't going to do you no good. You can get mad at the doctrine. That ain't going to do you no good. You can get mad at what the verse says. That ain't going to do you no good. He tells you all these kind of things, so that way you know if it's a roadblock that's there, let's get it gone. So if unbelief is there, then what happens, it becomes a roadblock that now you can't, your, your faith is now hindered, so you're not going to gain that decisive victory. We talked about doubt. We took a week, talked about what doubt means. Doubt's another one of them things that becomes literally a roadblock for your faith that no matter how much you keep saying, I want this, this is what I, the victory I want, this is what I'm believing for, this is what I want, but if doubt's in the way, it becomes a roadblock. And it cuts you off. And even James makes it super clear about doubt. He says, don't even think you'll receive anything from the Lord. Now that's like in your face, slapped upside the head kind of stuff. So, you know, he's not telling you these things, so then you, you leave all depressed with, well, I guess I'm not going to have anything then. No, what you got to do is say, you know what, if doubt's there, let's get it gone. Let's do what it takes. So he took, took, took some time, dealt with that. The one we talked about last week was a thing called unforgiveness. Somebody say amen or oh me. <laughs> unforgiveness can mess up your faith. All right, and so we took some time, looked at uh, the importance of forgiveness, amen. Forgiveness is not just accepting and being okay with what everybody did to you. Forgiveness is a spiritual principle that you engage in, praise God, to get the devil off your back. That's right. So that God has room to move. You create an atmosphere that's conducive for signs, wonders, and miracles when you let loose of the ought and the unforgiveness that's in our lives. Got awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house. Are you with me? Now we took a week. 
We, we taught on that, amen, showed the importance of why we walk with forgiveness, praise God, amen, giving God room to move because I do not want my faith roadblocked. Are you with me? All right, let's look at another one today. We're going to go to the book of Hebrews. Are you with me? All right. <clears throat> Hebrews in chapter 6, please. I think I might have mentioned something last week. I don't know if I, it was last week or the week before, but years ago I heard a statement by a gentleman. He says, uh, we never should be asking why wouldn't God do something or not do something or didn't do, right? What we need to be asking is why couldn't God? Are you with me? Even Jesus at times when he was ministering, the word said he could do no mighty work there because of the unbelief and the, and the stuff that was going on there. So that kind of stuff hinders the hand of God. Are you still with me? So Hebrews 6, please. And let's go to uh, verse, verse 9. It says, But beloved, uh, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany or echo, that word is actually where we get our word echo, that echo salvation uh, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, amen, which you have shown toward His name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Obviously, he's talking to the Hebrew church here, but I believe it's a good thing to keep in mind. He knows when you're, you know, putting yourself out there. How many know He knows that? Amen. amen. All right, but, then it, but it leads up to this. Verse 11, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. The word show here is a word that means to express some form of action, to show forth something, to show the same diligence, okay, which means literally an aggressive, intense effort towards something, a determined effort towards something. So to show the same diligence to the full assurance, entire confidence or certainty, it means, of hope. Amen. Our hope. Amen. Hallelujah. So, full assurance of hope or expectation, it means, until what? Everybody say, until the end. Until the end, okay? Now, this word end, um, telos, is, is the Greek word, which means, uh, you know, like we would get telescope or that kind of word, okay? But it means literally to a definite point or to the conclusion or to the result. So, what he's talking about in context, okay? It's people that are believing what we could say, man, maybe bring it in context here, that decisive victory, whatever it is you're believing, that to, to, the, to the definite result. Everybody say to the end. So we're not just, we're not playing around here. We're saying we're, we're believing, amen, it says that full assurance of hope or expectation to the end, till it's done. Everybody say, till it's done. Till it's done. Whatever it is you're believing for, you stay with it till it's done. With me. You with me? All right. Verse 12. That you do not become sluggish. Okay. Lazy might be a cross-reference. And sometimes it is laziness, but it also is a word that means to avoid pain. Okay, so in other words, we're talking about when the pressure's on, people have a tendency, let's back up to verse 11 again, 
All right, so it talks about until the end, okay? Show the same diligence. We're called to show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end without getting sluggish, without getting lazy, without uh, trying to avoid the pressure or the pain of things. Are you still with me? You stay with it. Everybody say, stay with it. All right, back. But what do we do? We imitate, okay, mimic, okay, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises, okay? So in context, he's dealing with patriarchs of faith. In Really, in context, in this chapter, he's actually dealing with Abraham, okay, which we're going to see here in a minute. But he says, we're called to imitate those who through their faith, their confidence, their reliance, their dependence, their assurance, their trust, their conviction. You know, if you ever take the time to go through Hebrews 11, you see all the, the definition of faith is in manifestation in their lives. That's why they could say, by their faith, they did this. By their faith, they did that. By faith, they said this. By faith, they walked this. By faith, they avoided fear. By faith, are you with me? So they showed something, all right? Faith is seen And it's visible when it's in action, okay? But it says, through their faith, and here we go, patience, they inherit the promises. What's the word promises? The word promise is a word that means an expressed assurance on which your expectation is to be based. So again, that verse prior there says that to a full assurance of hope or expectation until the end. So we have promises in this word. Are you with me? Okay, I know I'm kind of just taking my time with this, but you got to grab this. In this book here, you have promises. Expressed assurance on which our expectation is to be based. So an expressed assurance. Something was expressed by God. It was recorded for you and me. Come on. An expressed assurance on which your expectation, in other words, something you can bank on, an expressed assurance on which your expectation is to be based. You have a covenant promise in here. What is the word covenant? Okay, maybe I better define that. Okay. A covenant also means testament. That's why you have the Old Testament, New Testament. We could say Old Covenant, New Covenant. Am I right? Right, okay. But it means literally a will or a contract. It means a writing, get this now, a writing containing agreements that have been made and promises that have been made. What you have here is the Old Covenant, New Covenant. And in these covenants, there was promises made. In these covenants, there was things declared for you to have. Are you with me? For you then to base your expectation on. And if you're not seeing it in manifestation, then you have to, through full assurance of hope, amen, lock on until the end. Are you with me? To get this thing, because I want, a, I want that my faith moving along down the road through it, the means of success to gain that decisive victory, and I'm not satisfied until the decisive victory is manifesting. Well, Pastor, you just don't know. Stop through faith and Patience, you inherit the promises. Whew. 
Through faith and patience. Everybody say patience. Some of you just got nervous when I said that. The word patience, please hear this, okay? The word patience means endurance. Now, hang on to this because several words we're going to look at before we let you go today are all words that came out, come out of the same root word dealing with what this word patience means, okay? Now, it's through the faith, okay? So through the means of success, your faith, amen, your faith takes you toward a decisive victory, but it says here, it makes it real clear that Patience is also involved here. So what he's saying here, if you can get this, it says that impatience becomes a roadblock. Okay, now, okay, let's look at it now. Patience is defined as endurance, hang on to that, perseverance, continuance, these are all Bible words, abide, remain, to stay, it means Constancy, it means to stand firm. All this is words out of this word, this Bible word, patience. Now, here's what the world says. A world's dictionary, college dictionary, how they define patience. And this is why there's a lot of misunderstanding about it. Are you still with me? Am I boring you? I guess it wouldn't matter. I'd keep going anyway, but... Anyway, patience, in, is, this is how the world defines patience, okay? College dictionary, okay? It means tolerant understanding. Well, think about it. A lot of times you hear somebody say, be patient. First thing they kind of think about, I've got to tolerate whatever's going on right now, right? A tolerant understanding. It means bearing of annoyance without complaint. So this is what it says in the, in the, in the dictionary. Okay, it means to literally just bear with it, even though you don't like it, you hate it, it's not right, it's not even of God. Oh, well, just bear with it. Right? Come on now, just bear with it without complaint. Stop complaining about that. Okay, that's what, that's what it says. It also means to suppress Restlessness. That'll preach. <laughs> to suppress restlessness. So a lot of times when you hear the word patience, these are the kind of things you think about. What are you doing? Being patient with the red light. God, I hate it. How come I always hit all the lights? God. There's a bunch of nuts out here driving. Just be patient, honey. They know what I'm talking about? So then when God says through your faith and patience, if that's the way you think about patience, then you're just saying whatever you're dealing with, oh, well, put up with it. So now it goes cross-grain with your faith. Now it becomes a roadblock instead of something that's used to help you get your decisive victory. Is anybody hearing me? Okay. But instead, it means to be constant. It means to endure, to stay with it, stay on top of it. Don't back up. Don't quit. 
So your faith, through your faith, your confidence, your reliance, your dependence, your trust in God, your conviction in God, taking you toward a decisive victory, that not only your faith, but staying with your conviction, staying with your confidence, staying with your trust, praise God, is what gets you there, praise God. Somebody give God praise. Amen. So it's staying with it. Hallelujah. Years ago, I don't even know where this one came from, but a statement said, success isn't mysterious. It's the natural consequence of consistently applying basic fundamentals. And to me, I feel it's exactly what it is concerning faith. There's simplicity in faith, but it's amazing what gets in the way and cuts it off. And then we go along, and instead of dealing with the things, this is why we're talking about these things, because if you don't deal with those things, you go on blaming God, because why didn't God do this? How come? I don't understand. Sometimes it's not the initial action that you take, but sometimes it's reactions to things. So you might have started believing, and then all of a sudden, pressure's on. Here comes this. Now, you know, see, all this stuff's hitting you, and now pretty soon you become, without, if you don't watch it, you become sluggish. You become, in a sense, come on, you become now a place you start avoiding the pressure and the pain. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I don't want to deal with this. Oh, my gosh. How long is this going to last? What about this? What about that? What about this? What did you just do? You went across over here, grabbed a roadblock, and put it in front of you. And don't get mad at the preacher man. I didn't write it. All right? But I'm telling you, if, if we can get the roadblocks out, you can stay, hallelujah, moving down the road, hallelujah, hallelujah, to gain a decisive victory. But you got to stay with it. Everybody say, stay with it. So one of our roadblocks is a thing called inconsistency. Inconsistency. Thomas Edison said it this way. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. And I believe that's very true. The Word says he, amen, uh, give thanks to him who gives us the victory. Give thanks to him who leads us in all triumph. Which means there's always a victory, there's always a triumph. Always. Always for you. All right. So, well, Pastor, you just don't understand. Stop, stop before you go there. Stop, hold it. Okay, are you creating a roadblock? Well, you just don't understand. No, I probably understand a little better than you think I do. Okay, We're, nobody's mocking anybody. Nobody's condemning anybody. Nobody's saying, oh, you know, oh, well, whatever. Like nobody feels for you or whatever. That, come on. We're just saying, listen, if you want your decisive victory, then you're going to have to do what it takes to keep your faith engaged. Jesus said, according to your faith. See, it become, this, is the, this is your means of success. That's your vehicle you're going to travel in is your faith, not your whimpering, not your boo-hooing. Not, I cried enough tears. God should now, you know, do this for me. Is anybody hearing me? Are you coming back next week? Yeah. Some of you are looking at me like, I don't think so. 
Listen, I'm telling you, these are things, listen, you might as well just, you know, there's no reason to, to allow roadblocks to hinder, you, to hinder you from getting your decisive victory. And one of those things is called inconsistency. All right, let's read on here. So we're, that was verse 12, let's go to verse 13 now. For when God made a promise, here we go, what's a promise again? The word promise again is defined an express assurance on which expectation is to be based. Why? Because that's exactly what God did for Abraham. He gave him a what? He gave him a, uh, a promise. He gave him an expressed assurance on which his expectation was to be based. Did he not promise him a promised child? All right, now listen. He made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. In other words, if God's the one saying it, you don't have to worry about it. You can bank on it saying, surely blessing, I will bless you and multiply and I will multiply you. And so, here we go, after he had, here we go, patiently endured, stayed with it, he obtained the promise. Everybody say, obtained the promise. He obtained the promise. Okay, now this word endure, patiently endure, again, it comes out of the same root word, but it also adds another little, little bit of a twist to it. It says this, it means to be long-spirited, to bear long. Staying power, okay? So patience is about, amen, about staying with it, staying on top of it, amen, not backing up, not quitting, staying with it, staying power. Still with me? Okay, Hebrews 10, let's look at a couple verses here. Hebrews 10, since we're right there close, verse 35 and 36, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. There it means mega reward. Do not cast away your confidence, okay? Certainty. Um, some, uh, one translation says your bold, courageous faith. One says uh, unhesitant faith, okay? One means non, says non-flinching faith, okay? So your confidence. Everybody say your confidence. So we know what he's talking about. He's talking about faith here, okay? Therefore, do not cast away. In other words, don't throw off your face. Stay with it. Stay on top of it. For, verse 36, you have need of endurance. Okay, here it is again. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Well, how long do I have to do this? Until, tell us, till the end, till you see a decisive victory, till you see the result you're believing for. Well, pastor, I got, listen, don't, don't waver, don't give up, no unbelief, no doubt, no unforgiveness, no inconsistency, and there are more. But don't let these things get in the way to where you're headed, because you lock on, you say, wait, God's promised me something. You know, how could, how could Abraham, I mean, have you ever just stopped and thought, Abraham, offer up your son. The one thing that's the most precious to you, I want you to offer it up to me. You're thinking, what the heck? God, is he a, is he a, you know, is he a child killer? What, what the heck? This is just flat weird. You know what Abraham did? He packed it up the next morning, bang! That literally means he immediately takes off. All right, let's go. Where are we going? Grabs the kid. Come on now, I think at this time, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, is he, you know, he's, he's big enough to run away from Paul. That's how big he is. Come on. All right. He's old enough, amen, come on, to say, forget you, Dad. <laughs> Catch me if you can. 
ta-ta, I'm out of here because you're weird. Right? He could have done that. Okay, so he takes the boy, takes some wood. He had a couple helpers that came, went with him. He went to, the, to where God said to stop. This is where I want you to do. Go up on the mount, offer up your son. So he tells the, he tells the, uh, the worker, he said, we'll be back. He said, Look at it. We will be back. Now, according to Hebrews, it said this. He saw his son raised up from the ashes. He was going through with it. But see, he had a promise. He says, whatever you think you're going to do or have me do, whatever, doesn't matter. You promised me through this son you were going to raise up nations. So whatever you're going to do, whatever, I just know this. Through that son, you're going to raise up a nation. He was ready. And how many know he went to fall through with it? Amen. And, of course, God is not into killing kids. Come on, somebody. Somebody say amen. amen. But he said, but now I know that I'm a higher priority to you than that child is. And you will follow me to the nth degree. Amen. Now, this man had a promise. What kept him doing what he did? He had a promise. In fact, I think it's in Romans. I don't know if I gave him that verse. Romans 4 said he did not waver. Verse 20 and 21. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he he was also able to perform. Are you with me? Another statement here for you. I've got a few of these. It says, the, result, the results we believe for exist in our willingness to continue. In most cases, here we go, there is no manifestation without continuation. A lot of times we don't see the results because we don't follow through, we don't stay with it. Instead, we avoid pain, we get sluggish, we get lazy, whatever it is. Come on. And we pull back, we say, you know what, I'm just tired, I'm just wore out. No, I don't want to. Forget it. It ain't worth it. And so we go on, but what we do then is we don't recognize that, listen, you're the one that put the roadblock. God isn't holding out on you. There is a victory and there is a triumph for you if you keep going. And when you get it, guess what? Woo! Oh, happy day. Come on, right? Now, all of a sudden, you got something, a one-minute miracle to say, hey, guess what? I believed God, and God came through, praise God. Did exactly what His Word said. Are you with me? All right. All right. Let's, uh, where are we at here? Uh, let's do this. Second Timothy. Hallelujah. You have, well, let's see. I don't know if I got done with Hebrews 10, but uh, maybe I better go back to Hebrews 10. Let's do that instead. Hebrews 10, verse 36 again. Let's do that. Sorry about that. For you have need of endurance. You have need of endurance. You have need of endurance. So that after you have done, after you have done, after you have done, Pastor, I, I've done that. I did this. I did that. I did this. Stay with it. Remember the uh, uh, um, Ephesians 6 brings out, you know, having done all to stand, what do you do? You stand. What's he talking about? Well, in context, he's talking about a resistance of the enemy, right? But he says, having done all to stand. In other words, you've done everything you know you're supposed to do. What do I do now? Stay with it. 
Sometimes that's the problem. We just don't outlast the enemy. The enemy just keeps pushing and prodding and poking. And we back up before we get our breakthrough. Listen, just because the enemy's poking and prodding and tripping you up don't mean he's going to win. I'm not mad. Do I sound mad? Maybe I sound mad. Do I sound mad? Y'all looking at me like, oh, settle down, man. But what happens is sometimes we, 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 we back down because the enemy pokes and prods. You know why he pokes and prods? Because somewhere in the past you gave up. Somewhere in the past you, get, you backed up. Somewhere in the past. So he just knows if I just keep poking and prodding long enough, they'll probably back up. They'll probably stop. They won't stay consistent. I don't think they have it in them to stay consistent. So I'll just poke and prod until they finally go, I guess it just don't work. I guess it just, maybe God, maybe God didn't really want me to have this. Maybe God really didn't want that to happen for me. You ever heard that? Is it in the book? Is it a promise? Listen, no, listen. If it's in the book, if it's a promise, then he meant for you to have it. That's why we get a lot of squirrely doctrines. Because pretty soon we just try to adjust our doctrine to fit why something didn't work. Everybody with me? Ooh, we're getting on it today. Now go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Hallelujah. Chapter, let's do chapter 3. Now, so what do you... Here we go. 2 Timothy chapter 3. There we are. Now, everybody say, stay with it. Stay consistent, right? Now, there's certain things you stay with. I mean, there's some things. You know, I've had, I've had people tell me before, Pastor, I just, I just don't know if I can stay with it. Well, we have no problem staying with the things that, that don't do us any good. It's amazing how that we can stay consistent with that. Come on, somebody. So I always believe you, got, you have what it takes. If you can stay consistent with the stuff you shouldn't be consistent in and do it as a champ, <laughs> I think that we could probably change that and point it in the right direction and get some victories. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? Now, here it says you must continue. Everybody say continue. There's that same word again. Everybody say continue. Continue, continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them. All right? Come on. And that from childhood... You have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, of course, he's talking to Timothy now, but hang on. Let's go to the next verse. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Here we go, verse 17, that the man of God or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I mean, that's a good promise. Okay, but it starts off with, verse 14, you must continue. you got to stay with it. Another statement here. Years ago, I heard this. We don't fail because of the great revelation we haven't learned. We fail because we don't stay consistent with the ones we have learned. We just don't stay with it. We'll either more move by how it looks or how we feel or by what somebody said 
And there's no condemnation, there's no guilt, but just understand that if, you're gonna, if that's what's going to dictate your, your walk of faith concerning a decisive victory, understand you probably just put up a roadblock. And now you're sitting here trying to, you know, get around this thing. And then pretty soon we say, well, God, just handle it. God, just handle it. You know, uh, we sang a song um, today about the battle is the Lord's, right? I like the song. It's a good song. But, you know, he didn't say that to everybody. But he did say it to some people. And he told them, this battle's mine. You won't even have to fight. This one's on me. Come on. But sometimes he said, um, I need you to march around the city. One time he said, amen, I need you to, uh, you know, stand on this. Sometimes, sometimes he put the fight in your hand because it is a fight. It's warfare. Come on. Now, who ultimately in the end? Some of you all looking at me like, oh, I just messed up your doctrine. In the end, we know who is, you know, who's the God that, amen, nothing's impossible for, right? Nothing's too hard for our God. But listen, if God isn't leading, listen, if God's leading you to do something, you need to do it. Sometimes you got to stand on a verse. Sometimes you have to continue in the scriptures. One of our brothers, and I've used his uh, as an illustration a week or so back here, and uh, he's just taking, um, he's taking the word, and he's taking it to prayer. He's got what he, certain things that he's known his heart he needs to do. Every day he does that. And every day he does that, his body begins to shift and change because everything in the seen realm is subject to change. So how do you do it? Well, what is the plan attack that God gave you? Well, in most cases, it's going to be stay with the word, keep speaking the word, keep talking the word, keep believing, keep pressing, keep declaring. Well, it just, it just gets so old. God, how long do I got to keep doing all this? I did it once. In fact, I even did it twice. I mean, come on. Well, you know, is God telling you to stand? Then stand. Are you resisting in the evil day? Are you, st- are you standing against the wiles of the enemy? Are you resisting the enemy? Come on, somebody. Well, then, listen, you know, he's not just going to say, oh, you quoted the word. Darn it. Shucky darn, I'm out of here. He don't do that. He just says, do you mean that? What'd you say, Rick? You mean it? Huh? You mean it? You mean it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You mean it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The enemy's just always trying to pressure on you, put pressure on you to, to get you to back up and quit. So then you back up, you say, you know what, I guess maybe what Pastor Jerry said was just, he's just coming up with some goofy doctrine. What's he know anyway? Yeah, let me get that roadblock. <sighs> 
keep saying them every week. I'm going to go get a roadblock from something and do this, make it. But I keep forgetting. But anyway, so anyway, but uh, you just have to visualize it. Amen. But uh, a lot of times that's what's happening. Okay, John eight. Let's look at this one. Another one. John eight. You still with me? I know I keep asking, but see, it's easy to check out. It's easy just to say, ah, I need, I need food. Amen. We're winding her down. Come on. Okay, remember this? And Jesus said, verse 31 and 32, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, Amen, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth, what, shall, shall what? I mean, that's an awesome verse. Woo! Everybody likes verse 32. But you can't have verse 32 without verse 31. Because without verse 31, verse 32 won't happen. So abide, that same word here, talks about staying with it, stay in it, stay, stay on top, stay consistent, endure, amen, in, stay consistent, right? So in other words, that, that's it, that same root word, we see the word patience. If you abide in my word, you stay with it, you're my disciple, disciples indeed, which means discipline one indeed, verse 32, and then it says, and... You shall know the truth, and the truth, what truth? What truth? Which truth? Come on, you got to get it right. So which truth is going to make you free? Which truth? Come, no, no, no. Which truth? It says right here, which truth? Rick got it. No, the one you know. Well, how do you get to know it? See, that literally means become intimate to the place and now it becomes alive in you. So how do you know it? Verse 31 tells you how you know it. Verse 31 again, please. By abiding in it. You stay with it. If you stay with it, you, st- you continue with it, pretty soon you begin to know it. And once you know it, now it sets you free. Amen. Are you with me? All right. This is how it works. All right, let's look at another one. How about James? James 1. Now, the reason I'm bringing these up, because most of the time we're talking about faith, about keeping your faith engaged, it's going to be staying consistent with certain things. One of them has to be the Word. you got to stay consistent with the Word. Look at your name and say, stay consistent with the Word. you got to stay in the Word. you got to continue in the Word, all right? Because you just got to get this working in you, alive in you, amen? Hallelujah. Because the, the point is this, okay, if it's a promise in the Word, all right, <sighs> If it's a promise in the Word, or even if God has told you something, talked to you about something, and you can confirm it with the Word. Because sometimes there's things He'll say, speak to you personally that's real personal, right? There's things He'll talk to you about, but it's still got to be confirmed with the Word, right? Now, so it's a promise in the Word, okay, that you base your expectation on because it's a covenant written with promises Come on, that you're to base your expectation. Come on. And so he says you got to stay in it. Why? Because otherwise you won't, you won't believe it. You won't continue to believe it. How many believe in going to heaven? I know I use this one all the time. I'm probably getting old, but, but uh, I'm excited. I get to go to heaven. And uh, now you, you know that you get to go to heaven. Why do you know you get to go to heaven? Boy, that was weak. What? 
Some of you think I'm going to trick you here. That's what it is. I think you're all thinking he's going to trip me up on something. I know he is. No, no. We know it because we know there's a promise in here about it, right? So you believe that. We, really, most people don't have a problem really hooking up with that. I mean, most. Maybe some might, but most don't. And they say, okay, praise the Lord. That's a good promise. Amen. That he says that if I make Jesus Lord of my life, amen, I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Praise God. And one day, amen, when I check on out of here, I know where I'm going. To be absent from this body means to be present with the Lord. Somebody say amen. It's a good promise, right? Okay, so now you know that. So now if I came up to you and it says, I don't believe that, I don't think you're going to heaven. We're probably going to have a fight. Because you're willing to resist and fight for that. But I say, you know, you know stand for your healing or stand for your breakthrough or stand for your you know, provision or whatever it is, or your marriage being made well or whole or something about your child or your kid that you're believing for, and, 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 and you, you have a promise. And you, you, see, that's why Abraham could do what he did, because he had a promise. God said something to him, and he knew it. It's a promise. You said, through that promised child, and I repeat, promised child, that you would raise up a nation. So he, he just thought... If, if it comes down to where literally I'm taking the life of the boy and actually offering him as that burnt offering, I know he will be raised up from the ashes and I'm going to see one heck of a miracle. Did you notice he didn't tell his wife before he left? Just a thought. I just, just kind of. And he didn't even tell the boys that were going with him. Okay, because they didn't know anything. Because that's why he said to them, "Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go up on the mountain and do a, uh, you know uh, do an offering. We'll be back." And they just thought, "Well, that sounds like something Abraham would do." You know. Well, the point is, he had a promise. That's why he could do what he did. A promise. Everybody say a promise. James one verse twenty five. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, talking about the word of God again, and continues and continues and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. In other words, what 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 it says, this one will be blessed in what he does. So again, it's talking about this staying consistent with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. It don't look like it's working. Stay with it. It don't feel right. Stay with it. See, there's things that you have to stay with. All right. James 1, since we're there, we'll close with this one probably. Verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, that don't sound like a fun verse. Nobody has that as their refrigerator verse. But he's, he's making a point here. He says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces some kind of thing called patience or consistency. Because in other words, listen, there, there is no testimony without a test. Come on, child of God. Right? So here comes the pressure. So what are you going to do? Stand firm. So what you're doing now is producing something. And every time here come another, like, bang, I'm standing firm. Comes again, bang, standing firm. What are you doing? You're producing something. What do you produce? Consistency and constancy. And if I do that, then it produces something for me. What does it produce for you? Well, let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete Lacking nothing. So he's saying again the same thing. If you just stay with it, okay, so, you know, think about the area of resistance because James 4 and 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Submit to God, resist the devil, 
unless he really pushes. <laughs> Submit to God, resist the devil, unless, you know, he wakes you up and keeps lying to you about. Submit to God, resist. What's he talking about? He's talking about a consistency, okay? That's why, in, and again, in Ephesians 6, talking about the armor of God, but he says, you know, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to resist in the evil day. And he goes on to say that you might res- or, or be, uh, uh, resist, amen, against, or, yeah, what was the first one actually says, resist the wiles of the devil. Pardon me, there it is. So the first one he says, resist the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole arm, why? That you resist the wiles of the Put on the whole arm, why? That you can resist in the evil day. What's he talking about? Staying with it. Stay with it. Having done all to stand, you stand. So what's it mean? Well, it means you stay with the resistance. Okay, I keep talking, I keep saying, I keep talking, I keep saying. What are you doing? I'm heading toward a decisive victory. Well, the enemy's doing this, and he's saying this, and this is happening, and this is happening. I'm heading toward a decisive victory. So I refuse to cave. I refuse to back down. I refuse to give up. Come on, somebody. There is no true, listen, there is no true resistance without consistency, okay? Always has to be. Um, There was a phrase here, let's see if I can find it. Here it is. I kind of touched on it earlier. Many times what beats us is the enemy's willingness to outlast us. So everything comes, and all of a sudden we're saying, next thing you know, we're talking it. What ends up happening is, you hear this, we're called to to submit to who? And resist who? Okay, so are we clear on that? Who do we submit to? Okay, that means yield to, surrender to, submit to. Okay, who do we resist? Okay, who do we submit to? God. Who do we resist? Yeah. Now, when he comes and tells you it can't be done, and you go, oh, I guess it can't be done, who would you just submit to? And who did you resist? So, you can't get mad at God if God has no, no place in this because you, you resisted Him by yielding and submitting to the lie of the enemy. You see how important this is? That's why staying in, you know, continuing with the word, staying in it, because the idea is to get to the place where that word overrides anything the devil may say or do. Override the curse. The curse is out there. It's everywhere. It's coming. Here it comes. The enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy. That's what he does. That's what he does. But... You have faith in God. And as a result of it, praise God, it's now my means of success to a decisive victory. And here comes this, and this is said, and this is done. I resist. Why? Because the Word of God says if I resist him, he'll flee, praise God. Well, he doesn't look like he's leaving. I'm still resisting because I, having done all to stand, I stand. Having done all to stand, I stand. Having done all to stand, I stand. Most people won't do it. After the third day, forget this. 
So what's happened now? You became sluggish because now you're avoiding the pressure, the pain of whatever it is you're going through. Well, I'm just tired, Pastor. Join the club! Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's. Sometimes your mind wants to shut down. Sometimes your body wants to shut down. Sometimes everything about you wants to shut down and just go leave me alone. Has that worked for anybody? Unless you got the name of Jesus or the blood of the Lamb, whatever it is you're standing and using. The enemy doesn't seem to back down. He just keeps coming because he knows he's just about got you. One more day of this, and I guarantee you they're quitting. And you think we're being rude and mean and hard, and you, you mean preacher, you. You're just so heartless. No, what we're trying to do is get the roadblocks gone, because you should get some notches in the belt. I think we should, I mean, that's, I think, yeah. Another notch. Got another victory. Hallelujah. Put another notch in that. Another victory. Hey, another notch. And every time then, pretty soon, see, because now, see, you're kind of getting this thing down. I mean, man, you're understanding the promises now. You're flowing. Not going to let nothing get in the way. And all the devil has to do is go, hey! You go, hey, look right there. You see this right there? Here's the last nine times you came at me. Victory, victory, victory. Victory, 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 and a victory. You overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving not our lives even unto death, which means I ain't backing down or quitting. Surprise that if I go home, I won anyway. But I'm just telling you, it's just, then you stand, don't quit, use. Amen. Those victories to shove back in the enemy's face. Did you get something today? Give God praise, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.